Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. If you have your Bibles this morning, Psalm 118. I'm glad that you're here this morning. I heard a, uh, we've got a pretty good congregation this morning. I heard a I heard somebody say this week, said, what do you know what the church, uh, the church, the Sunday after Easter and Jesus's tomb have in common? They're both empty. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad we don't have an empty church this morning. I'm glad that you are here today. If you're glad to be here, say amen. amen. Because today is the day that the Lord has made. Can you say amen? And so we are going to rejoice and we're going to be glad, just like we rejoiced last week because Jesus, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How many knows Jesus is still alive? Amen. And so we're going to celebrate and we're going to rejoice this morning. You know, we, we often repeat that phrase, don't we? This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. But I wonder, sometimes I wonder if we always mean that phrase. For example... Um, I wonder, are, are we as eager to rejoice on Monday as we are on Friday? I mean, come on, be honest. Friday is a little bit different. You're a little bit more ready to rejoice on Friday. Monday rolls around, and it's more like, well, this is the day that the Lord has made. <laughs> so I'm going to try to rejoice and and I'm going to try to be glad in it. What I mean is that, how many know some days are better than other days? And some days are worse than other days. Well, when you're having a good day, it's easy to rejoice. When good things are happening, it's easy to rejoice. However, uh, on the other hand, when you're having a bad day, how many knows it's more difficult to rejoice? When you're having a, a bad day, um, it's more difficult on those days to say, well, this is the day that the Lord has made, and, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad. And, you know, every day, we know this, we know that every day is actually a day that the Lord has made. We know that every day is, is a gift to us from God. And therefore, the reality is that we ought to rejoice each day, whether, whether it is a Monday or a, a Friday or a good day or a bad day. We ought to rejoice every day. We should have, we should always have the confidence to say, this is the day. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and so I'm going to rejoice and be glad. At it. However, here's the thing, we know that that's not something that always comes naturally to us. And it's not always easy. It doesn't, it doesn't happen immediately in, in our lives. So we must learn to accept each day as a gift from God. We have to learn to appreciate uh, the unique blessings and the unique burdens that are presented every day as opportunities for us to rejoice and to be glad. Well, there's, 
there's actually context for us in, in that familiar verse, and it's in Psalm 118, and so that's where we're going to look uh, this morning. That verse is found in Psalm 118, and the verse that we often quote is actually verse number 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. But there's, but there's important information that is preceding that verse that explains how, how it's possible for us to come to that place where we can affirm that every day is the day that the Lord has made. That each day is an opportunity for us to rejoice and, and to be glad. So I want us to read those verses this morning to give some context to that verse. And uh, I'm going to begin in, in uh, verse number 14. You can follow along in your Bible or on the screen uh, this morning. Psalm 118, beginning in verse number 14. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Verse 17, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. Verse 21, I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And then that familiar verse Verse 24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the Bible this morning. We believe that it is divinely inspired and that it is completely infallible. Therefore, we understand that it is useful for our instruction and for correction and for training in righteousness. So, God, we pray that you'd give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us this morning through what we have read from the Bible. God, I pray that you would anoint me to preach effectively. God, we believe that you are always with us. However, we understand that you are among us today in a manner that is only possible when we gather together as your church, your people, to worship you and to hear the preaching of your word so we pray that you would accomplish what you desire to do here this morning. Bind every hindrance, God. Loose every help. Do what you desire to do in us and through us. I pray that souls might be saved, that saints might be sanctified for the sake, for the sake of your kingdom and for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse number 14, David, whom we assume to be the author of of this psalm. Verse number 14, David says, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He has become my salvation. Did you notice that? He has become. What, what does it mean that, that the Lord has become my salvation? Well, it, it obviously means that the Lord 
came uh, to be something for David that he had not always been for David. He has come to be my salvation. Now, we understand that a person is, a person is saved by grace through faith, and typically we describe that as something that happens in a moment, that when they believe on, on Jesus Christ, that they, are, that they are converted, they're saved, and that God has become for them salvation. Therefore, we might say that in that moment, the Lord has become their salvation, the moment that they first believed on him. However, I think that as far as Psalm 118 goes, that that explanation would miss something very important that Psalm 118 has to say to us. Because David, in Psalm 118, he's not, he's not necessarily describing uh, his conversion. He's, he's not describing a conversion. He's, he's actually describing a relationship that he has with the Lord, a relationship that he enjoys, a relationship in which the Lord has become David's salvation. You see, a, a conversion is static. It's just one point in time. It's a moment in time, a single point in time. A relationship, though, is, is dynamic. A relationship extends over a period of time. How many knows you, you can be converted and never learn anything else about who or what you are converted to? You can go forward to church and pray a prayer and never grow, never learn, never, uh, never be sanctified, um, never develop in your faith. You can, be, you can be converted and never learn anything else, never grow any further. You, you may be converted and never grow in your understanding of the experience that you've just had of giving your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. But... But a relationship grows. A, a relationship matures. A, a relationship changes over time as we learn about the other individual, as we share experiences uh, with that other person. A relationship matures and it grows. And how many knows that salvation is more than just a conversion experience? but that salvation is a relationship. It's a relationship of faith and obedience. Jesus says, come and follow me, which is not an invitation to conversion as much as it is an invitation to a way of life. It is, it is coming to him to live with him and to learn from him. So David here in Psalm 118 is describing something that he had learned from his relationship with the Lord. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. In other words, David is saying here, I have, I have known the Lord. I have spent time with the Lord. I have been in relationship 
with the Lord for many years. And as a result of my relationship, as a result of my knowing him, he has become for me my salvation. His experience with and his knowledge of the Lord had grown and deepened and the Lord had become his salvation. The other day I spoke with, I shared some of uh, this with the, some of the guys that were gathered yesterday for the men's breakfast. Um, I spoke this past week with Larry Godwin Sr., who is the son of O.W. Godwin. And O.W. Godwin is the man that's mostly responsible for the formation of Glad Tidings Church some 75 years ago. So I was talking to Larry. He was telling me some stories about his dad, O.W., and about the early days. And I asked, I hope that Larry will be here on May the 19th, maybe to share some of those stories. So he told me many memories of those early days. And, and during the course of our conversation, he mentioned to me Madeline Stanley. And of course, we all know Miss Madeline Stanley. What a saint, what a wonderful woman of God she was. And he said, this is what Larry told me, he said, that Sister Stanley told him on one occasion that his father, O.W. Godwin, O.W. Godwin was, was the first person that had ever invited her to church. Can you imagine that? And Sister Stanley you know, was a saint, wonderful, wonderful woman. She said O.W. was the first man, first person that had ever actually invited her to church. And you know, I thought about that. Uh, imagine, you know, I'm, I'm always asking you to invite somebody to come to church. Ask somebody, okay, you never know who you might invite to church. You, you never know what God might do in that person's life and who they might become. That's an encouragement to us, isn't it? Invite folks to church because you never know what God's going to do uh, in their life. But anyway, so he was talking about Sister Stanley. And Sister Stanley brought to mind that Sister Stanley used to say, you know, she would come and volunteer, answer phones here at the church, and I'd come in on Monday mornings. I'd say, Pastor, I'd say, she was a pastor in her own way. I'd say, Sister Stanley, how are you doing today? And she would say, oh, Pastor, she said, the Lord just gets sweeter and sweeter. Can you hear her say that? Yes. Pastor, the Lord just gets sweeter and sweeter. In fact, there's a song that I remember that we used to sing when I was a child. Probably you remember it too. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. You see, that's, that's what David is saying in Psalm 118, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Every day that I spend with Jesus, David would say, is sweeter than the day before. Because he had learned to trust him and had shared experiences with him. Of course, God doesn't change we know that. It's not that God becomes something that he is not already because we know that he does not change. He'll never become something that he is not already. But we change. We change in our understanding. We change in our experience of him. The more that we know about the Lord the more that we experience uh, with the Lord, uh, the more that we learn to trust him, and the more we begin to understand how 
how good and how kind and how merciful and how mighty God really is. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? The Lord, David said, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He has become sweeter to me each and every day. And that's, that's the process by which we can get to that same place. That we can get to that place where we can say, this day, what, whatever's going on today, and whatever this day brings, because we don't know, we can't, we can't predict that, can we? But we can get to the point where we say, this day, whether it's, whether it's Friday or Monday, whether it's a good day or whether it's a bad day, this day is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it because I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him. Amen? So we can say like David, today, this day is a day that the Lord has made, and I'm going I'm to rejoice and be glad in it because every day with Jesus is sweeter than, than the day before. Because every day presents fresh opportunities for us to experience his love and to experience his grace. And in fact, David illustrates that in the next few verses. So I want to walk you through a few of these verses as we look at what David says here. We can see in these verses how God becomes his salvation. It was a process. It was, it, David, David had to learn that God is good. It's like we were singing this morning. David had to learn that. He had experienced that. He, he became more and more aware of the goodness and the mercy of God. By experience, he came to understand and know that God's uh, that he could trust God in the good and in the bad. In fact, in verse number 15, David says, glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. And David says, this is what they were singing. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. This is a, this is a song of victory. This is a song of deliverance. This is a song of triumph over the enemy. David, as we know, David was a warrior. David uh, was a man of war. That's why he couldn't build the temple, remember? God wouldn't allow him to build the temple because he had blood on his hands. He had fought many battles, uh, beginning with his most famous battle. He fought Goliath. And do you remember how David approached his battle with Goliath? This is the way that David approached all of his battles, when he approached the, his battle with Goliath, he said to Goliath, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. You see, David fought his battles with a dependence upon the Lord because he had learned that God would deliver those that trusted in him. In fact, in Psalm 60, Israel was facing a, um, a formidable foe. And David, when he looked at the enemy, David 
praying, who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? And in fact, in Psalm 60, David seemed distraught because he prayed and he said, um, he said, have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go forth, O God, with our armies. And I wondered this morning, have you ever, have you ever had days like that before? <laughs> when you felt distraught and when you felt overwhelmed and forsaken. David had days like that when he felt overwhelmed and forsaken. And how many knows that's a, that's a very bad feeling when you feel overwhelmed and you feel forsaken. And when you're feeling like that, it's difficult to say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Yet David had learned a lesson, something we need to learn as well. And David had learned to encourage himself in the Lord. And so in Psalm number 60, David prays and he says, Oh, grant us help against the foe. And he says, For vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our enemies. You see, his hope and his faith was in God because he knew that God was able to deliver him from his enemies. And God did grant him victory. God did deliver him from their foes. And so they sang, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. How many here this morning knows the right hand of the Lord does valiantly? He is able to deliver us when we put our trust and our faith in God. In fact, that song of victory was common in the camp of David when David was king because David had learned that God would deliver his people if they would trust in him. And you see, when we learn, when we spend time in our relationship with the Lord and we see him do it time and time again, deliver us from danger and help us in distress, then it builds our confidence and our faith in Jesus Christ and we're able to say, the right hand of the Lord shall do valiantly. I'll trust in him. Today is the day that the Lord has made, no matter what enemies may confront me, because my trust is in the Lord and he can and he will deliver me. Can I get an amen this morning? So after that victory, David rejoiced. In fact, back in Psalm 118, he says, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. How many knows that's the testimony of a man who has faced mortal danger, that has faced mortal danger, and he's lived to testify about God's deliverance. David said, I shall not die, but I will live, and I will tell of the wonderful things, the deeds of God Almighty. So David knew that he could trust God, that God was his deliverer. But on the other hand, David also learned that God disciplines those that he loves. In fact, in verse number 18, he acknowledges that. He says in verse number 18, the Lord has disciplined me severely. David was a man after God's own heart, the Bible tells us, and yet on at least two occasions, God disciplined him severely. Um, once due to his adultery with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband Uriah. And then once again, 
uh, due to an unwise census of Israel that he took. On both occasions, God punished or God disciplined Israel and disciplined David. And on both occasions, David eventually acknowledged his guilt. He confessed his sin and he repented. And because he repented, God was merciful and And God spared David's life, and so David rejoiced again. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. See, that's twice in Psalm 118 that David acknowledges that he has escaped death. And he seems to understand that that it's God's grace. It's because of God's grace, and it's because of God's goodness that he has escaped death. And so accordingly, he gives thanks to God that he has escaped death. Verse number 19, open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you. You have answered me and have become my salvation. God had spared his life. God had delivered him. God had disciplined him severely. But David understands that God has preserved his life. And for that reason, he deserves David's praise. In fact, that's a conclusion that David would repeat in Psalm 124. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to flip over to Psalm 124. I think we've got this on the screen also. Because I want to see you where in Psalm 124, David states this more um, explicitly. Psalm 124. Jared, I think we got that on the screen if you want to pop it up there for us. David said, if it had not been the Lord who is on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who is on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Verse number six, blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Verse number eight, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. How many knows our help is in the name of the Lord? How many have proven that to be true? Our help is in the name of the Lord. You see, David had plenty of bad days, didn't he? He has some good days too. But David had plenty of bad days. He had days when he was surrounded by his enemies. David had days when he was betrayed by his friends. Remember, even his own son betrayed him. David had days when he mourned the death of his children, the death of friends, the death of family. David had days when he fled from uh, bloodthirsty men. David had days when he fought depression and despair. David had days when he suffered the consequences of his own sin and his own rebellion. David had plenty of bad days. But God 
was his help. But God was his help. God was his constant companion, an ever-present help in a time of need. And how many knows God has promised to be the same thing to us as well? In fact, this is what David said in Psalm number 3. Flip over if you, if you like to Psalm number 3. David said in Psalm 3, and this is actually when he was fleeing from Absalom, his son. Verse number 1, he said, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek, and you break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Amen. So our joy, our joy doesn't, does not come from good days. It, sure, it's easy for us to rejoice and be glad on good days, right? But how many knows our, our joy does not come from good days? Our joy comes from a good God. Amen. A good God who, who is with us every day to save us from the enemy and to sanctify us unto himself. And that's why we can say this day is, is the day that the Lord has made. And whatever it brings, whether good or whether bad, I trust in my heavenly Father who does all things well and who is able to make everything work together for my good and for his glory. I think we should give God thanks for that. Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord and let's just thank him for that. Lord, we thank you that salvation belongs to you, God. You are our helper, Lord. So in good days and in bad days, our joy does not come from the circumstances. It doesn't, doesn't come from what's happening to us. Our joy comes from the fact that you are a good God and that, Lord, you are able to deliver us and that you are able to save us. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, God. Hallelujah. Then there's one more thing here in Psalm 118 that I wanted to point out before we dismiss, before we close. Psalm 118 is, is a messianic psalm, actually. It, it's actually pointing to uh, Jesus Christ. Psalm 118 is actually included in, um, in the hymn, in the songs uh, that Jews sing on Passover. Uh, Psalm 113 through 118, they re re recite those, they chant those, they sing those during Passover. And Psalm 118 especially is a messianic psalm. If you have your Bible still uh, or your place still at 118, flip back over to Psalm 118. And you'll see there 
For instance, in verse number 25, save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. You might remember when, when, uh, on, from uh, Palm Sunday, that is, that's actually what they were saying on Palm Sunday. Hosanna, save us, save us. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he. And then verse number 26, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. This is a messianic psalm pointing to Jesus Christ. How many knows Jesus Christ was that sacrifice that saves us? Amen. And so Psalm 118 is a messianic psalm, and, and, and David saw it. Prophetically, David was able to look forward into the future and, and prophesy concerning the coming of the Messiah who would save us from our own sins and, and deliver us. In fact, in verse number 22, he says, which we read earlier, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. You might recognize that verse also because Jesus quoted that verse in reference to himself. That he was the cornerstone that the builders had rejected. And in fact, Jesus and his, remember on after Jesus had Passover, the Passover meal with his disciples, and the Bible says they went out from the upper room and they went over to the Garden of Gethsemane. It says that when they sung a hymn, they went out. It may have been, it may have been Psalm one eighteen because it was a Passover meal, and so it may have been Psalm one eighteen that they were singing as Jesus was going out to be betrayed as the Passover lamb. So David was able to look forward by faith and prophetically say, <laughs> we are saved because God will provide his own lamb, the son who comes to save us from our sins. And this is the day that the Lord has made and we can rejoice and be glad in it. In truth, we can rejoice each and every day because how many knows Jesus Christ died so that I don't have to die. Amen. David said, you have spared my life. And aren't, you're here this morning because Jesus Christ has spared your life as well. He died on the cross so that you can live forevermore. In fact, I came across this quote. Um, I'm not sure if it was this week. It might have been a couple of weeks ago. But Tim Keller says, said this, a God who substitutes himself for us and suffers so that we may go free is a God that you can trust. Amen? We can trust God that he has good in store for us because he gave himself for us. That's why Jesus Christ came. And so the more that you know him, the more that you know about him, the more that you love him. Amen? The more that you love him, then the more then that you can trust him. And the more that you trust him, the more you are willing to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And whatever comes to me, whatever is in this day, I know that I can face it with faith because I have a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ, and he will not deliver me over to the enemy. <laughs> he will not allow me to die. He gave himself for me. And so this is the day that the Lord has made and we can rejoice and we can be glad in it because of what Jesus Christ 
has done for us. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.